0: And this focus on tax-smart investment strategies is all part of the fully integrated planning strategy known as the Madrona Bundle of Services. You'll hear Brian's thoughts on everything impacting your portfolio, from income to taxes, and from growth opportunities to long-term security. This is your source of comprehensive financial information. You'll soon understand why they call it the Madrona Difference. So get ready for an hour full of the most comprehensive financial information on the radio. And welcome to Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans.
1: Thank you so much and welcome to Growing Your Wealth, a radio show that gives you the straight talk and honest answers about how to invest better, live better, retire better, and give better. Thank you for joining us today. We have some valuable information for you during the coming hour that could change your financial life for the better. My name is Jeff Shade and as always, I'm just here to ask the questions, but the words of wisdom and solid advice come from the expert Brian Evans, CEO of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs. How you doing today, Brian? Doing great. Thanks, Jeff. Well, I want to be amongst the first, I'm sure not the first person, but let's be amongst the first, Brian, to wish everybody a happy new year. I don't yeah. know about you, I'm chuckling a little bit because it already feels different to me. How about you? Yeah, just flipping that calendar going, okay, this
2: year will definitely be different than last year and hopefully different, better for everybody listening.
1: Yeah, it is a satisfying feeling to rip off the old calendar, at least throw the old one away and put the new one up there. I've got all great, you know, hopes and dreams for 2021. But to be realistic, Brian, I mean, we're just getting these vaccines. They're beginning to be administered at this point. And COVID, of course, is the thing that threw us into the tailspin. Do you really think that we're going to see a complete flip back to normal here in a month or so? Or is this going to be a long process? And will we ever get back to what we thought was normal? No, I don't think we'll go back to what we thought was
2: normal. We're going to adapt and change, and things are going to be different going forward. There's going to be a lot of people that don't take the vaccines, I think. If you look back at 1918, their experience multiple waves as these things mutate, they also get weaker over time, though, too, is historically what happens. I'm not a physician, but that's what I've been told. and. I think like anything, it's not that we won't get back to what will be in a weird world forever. I mean, you think back what was our normal 20 years ago. Our normal was not carrying around a cell phone and checking sports scores and reading about the Kardashians or whatever, you know, checking the news wires and what Trump is tweeting or that wasn't normal back then. All of a sudden now, well, that's normal. That's how people live, right? Well, not for the history of humanity except for the last, you know, short period of time. So there's always going to be a new normal all the time anyway. It's just this one's going to be around health and safety a little bit more. But our world's going to change regardless in so many different ways. This is just one of them.
1: Well, looking back at 2020, although there were a lot of negatives, there were some positives. You mentioned the Kardashians. There, the positive for me, at least, is that the Kardashians was canceled. So, but uh, there you go. Oh, good. <laughs> I, uh, Gee, I must flip... have missed that notification. Yeah. <laughs> Flipping through the TV channels, I mean, I just went right on by those girls. Well, I've been in a remodel uh, most yeah. of the year, and they never put the TVs
2: back, so I I wouldn't even know. <laughs> I, yeah, I haven't been watching TV this year, and you know, not a lot of great sports. I'll, you know, I'll. I'll Go to a friend's house and watch the Seahawks, maybe. Yeah. But yeah, it's not even on here. So uh, I've had a lot more time <laughs> to work on my business, but uh, I did not have any time to keep up on the Kardashians.
1: Yeah, well, we're, we don't really keep up with the Kardashians, and uh, we have TVs in our house. They're rarely on, but I got to say, another positive, of course, for myself the Dodgers won the World Series. So oh, there, there you know, go. There <laughs> two big things that happened in 2020 that at least is positive. But, you know, I am looking forward to a better 2021. And as you said, the new normal is going to be completely different than the old normal. Well, I'm not going to say completely different. I think we'll get back to some semblance of what we knew was normal, but it's never going to be exactly the same because I don't know about you, but I mean, even after we've had this vaccine, even after things return to somewhat of a normality, I think there's still going to be a lot of people who are going to think twice about going to a sporting event, maybe going to a movie theater or going to a concert, maybe even flying shoulder to shoulder. What do you think all this is going to have in terms of an impact on the economy?
2: Yeah, if you do a study of humans and, and psychology, we are creatures of habit. We do things and we once we get in a groove, we like to repeat that groove. So if your groove was going to every Mariner game or, or whatever it is, a sporting event or going out to dinner five times a week or whatever it was, now that's been disrupted, and you've replaced it. And you're going, hmm, maybe instead of fighting Seattle traffic, paying 20 bucks to park, getting crunched in next to a whole bunch of other people, screaming in my ear the whole time, paying 12 bucks for a beer, trying to stand in line to get a hot dog or go to the bathroom, and my team loses, and I got to drive home in traffic and get to bed late and go to work in the morning tired. Right, right. Now you might go, that's the new 70 inch TV I just got during the pandemic. I- I'm might just, uh, there are no lines here. Maybe I won't go to all the games. And then you start thinking, maybe we're going to stay home and cook. We've signed up for this thing where they deliver really cool meals and we cook them at home instead of going out because when we go out, it's not even this good. And it's kind of fun hanging out at home. So some people might do that. The trips that you think you got to take all the time, maybe you found some things to do around your house that you find interesting as a hobby now, and you took up gardening or whatever, and you don't need to see every single state capital, you know, or whatever right. it is that you, you wanted to see. So there are going to be some changes behaviorally just due to the disruption of our, you know, what what we're used to doing, our, our routine. There's been a huge disruption in that. So I, I think that that will have some changes, good and bad, depending on, you know, if you're on the receiving end. I don't know uh, which one of those things I just mentioned are are real or just something I just made up here, but there will be changes.
1: Yeah, no, I think a lot of those are going to be real, Brian. I mean, you know, now that 62 inch 65, 70-inch TVs are really pretty affordable when you really look at it for what you're getting, and 95-inch TVs are available out there, and I'm sure that they'll come down too. I mean, with 20, 30, 40 cameras in the stadium there, you can see up the players' noses. I mean, like you said, why spend all that money and the hassle driving to a stadium and parking and 20 bucks for a beer and so forth? where We could sit at home and do it. So I think that is going to impact the finances of sporting events. Not that a lot of teams are publicly traded, but again, as far as the owners go, and even as far as the players go, I mean, can they still command huge salaries? Baseball, for example, you know, are you still going to get 20, $30 million contracts? Because they depended upon people packing into those ballparks to be able to pay for a lot of that. They're not getting that these days. They may have to raise the rights fees for TV. And then when you think about theaters and you think about the entertainment business, I was hearing an interview with George Clooney the other day, and it is so different. He has a new movie coming out, and they're announcing that it's going to be streaming on Netflix. And now all these movies are coming to things like HBO Max instead of the movie theaters because you really can't go to the movie theaters. And what is that going to mean for the owners of movie theaters and those entertainment stocks and the actors making all that money? I mean, really, this is going to have an impact on the economy, I think. What do you think?
2: Oh, no doubt about it. I mean, I I would not want to own a theater right now. I would not want that. And I wouldn't advise your kids necessarily go into acting because, you know, it's it's going to be very different. Now, they'll certainly up the price of watching some movies on Netflix or whatever, and you'll have to do probably a pay-per-view kind of thing on a new release. But I think the movie theater industry itself, for instance, will definitely see a nosedive. Any of those kinds of things of gathering I think are going to struggle whether it's cruise lines or movie theaters or sporting events or whatever, they're in the entertainment industry. It doesn't really matter if the Lakers win a basketball game or not. In the big scheme of things, it's just the entertainment value of it. And so can they command those big salaries in the future? I don't know.
1: Well, when you think about the entertainment business too, I mean, you talk about the music business. In the old days, I mean, artists used to make a percentage or they made maybe a dollar off of each record sold. But, I mean, people are not buying records. They're not buying the CDs anymore because all this music is available to be streamed and they're doing it for free. And so the only way that artists make money is if they go out and tour and now they can't tour because of the pandemic. Not that the artists are necessarily starving, but things are changing. And from a civilian standpoint, and I say civilian as opposed to the the uh, athletes in the entertainment industry, but for the rest of us, I mean, look at the way we work these days. A large percentage of people are working from home, and I'm seeing a tremendous number of storefronts and office buildings that have a lot of vacancies. How is that going to change the landscape of things when people can work from home so much?
2: Yeah, I mean, that's going to be a huge change once again. And not only that, but in the recent years, Seattle's been right at the top as far as net inflow of people moving in. Prices were going ballistic. Three years in a row, they were number one in the country, I believe, in housing increases of major metropolitan areas. And this year, they're at the top of the list again, but it's a different list. It's the list of net move outs. And so we're seeing even that demographic change from where we used to move from the towns and universities into the cities where the jobs were, now the jobs are where your computer is. And so that computer could be in Boise or, or Texas or Phoenix or Missoula or wherever. And it doesn't have to be in downtown Seattle anymore. Not to mention that we're, we're also seeing a, a shift that I'll maybe talk about in the next segment, a shift in, in taxation Right of some, a lot of these big cities that had been successful and it's backfiring on them and causing a big shift demographically that's going to, you know, I, I'd, I'd like to get into a little bit here. But there's a lot of reasons people are moving out after decades of moving in. Now it's it's starting to, I think, turn the other way. And I think that's going to ramp up.
1: You're right. With the computers, you're going to work pretty much anywhere you want. As you said, a lot of people are moving out of these large hubs like San Francisco. And as we discussed in last week's program, some places are offering incentives for you to move there. Tulsa, $10,000. Northwest Arkansas, $10,000. And a mountain bike you get because it's a mountain biking capital. But what some people are finding, and particularly I know that Amazon employees now mostly are working from home, is that some companies are saying, hey, you know, you're moving to the Ozarks or something like that. Why should we pay you a salary that allows you to live in Seattle when you're living in the Ozarks and they're beginning what they're calling regional salary so if you made 3x in seattle they're going to pay you x and a half to move to someplace like arkansas so you know businesses are adjusting a little bit and when you think about people working from home as opposed to working in big hubs too that affects parking structures it also affects uh, restaurants and all the businesses so there is this trickle-down effect to all of this times they are a changing and all we can do is really try to adapt to those times well, I know that your finances are changing and the way you look at retirement is changing. If you would like a comprehensive retirement plan from the advisors here, to Financial Services and also Bauer Evans CPAs. Again, there's no cost, no obligation for that to get yours as always. It is entirely complimentary. Call 844 Madrona, 844 MADRONA. Get your new year off to the right start with a retirement plan or a financial plan. You can also request your complimentary plan by going to MadronaFinancial.com. You're listening to Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans, and we're going to take a quick break. Brian, be right back. You know, there's a Trojan horse somebody's trying to sneak in here on us, and it could affect our pocketbooks. We'll talk more about that when our show continues right after this.
0: Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans will be right back with even more ways to help you stay focused on your retirement goals. This is Brian
2: Evans, founder of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPA and host of the Growing Your Wealth radio show. If you're close to or in retirement and don't have a tax plan, get one. It could mean hundreds of thousands of dollars throughout your retirement. Our country has been spending like never before and that tax bill is coming. At Madrona Financial Services, we help build tax strategies into retirement and investment plans designed for you to help keep more of your gains. Take action and call us at 844-MADRONA to schedule a retirement tax analysis today. That's 844-MADRONA. After World War II, taxes reached 90% and were as high as 70% in the 80s. Don't be caught off guard. You can retire right and on your terms. Call to schedule a virtual or in-person review. Our number is 844-MADRONA, that's 844-M-A-D-R-O-N-A, or visit us online at madronafinancial.com. That's madronafinancial.com.
0: 2020 has come to an end, and the passing of another year means we get to start fresh and reevaluate our goals. As we enter into 2021, take a moment to reflect back on what mattered most in the past year. It could have been your health, your friends, and most likely, your family. Let the start to 2021 be a call to action to ensure that you have a solid estate and legacy plan in place for your family. Call 844 Madrona to get more information on creating a plan to fit your loved one's needs. At Madrona Financial Services, they believe in creating comprehensive written plans designed to help ensure you never outlive your money and that your plan also reflects the wishes you have for your family. And to make it easy, Madrona Financial Services offers complimentary virtual no obligation meetings where they'll take the time to discuss your unique goals and financial situation. Leave this past year behind and enter a new one with the confidence that your loved one's future is secure. Call Madrona Financial Services today at 844-MADRONA or visit them online at madronafinancial.com. That's madronafinancial.com. Tired of getting only half the story? We've got you covered with the most comprehensive financial information on the radio. You're listening to Growing Your Wealth with your host, Brian Evans. Now, here's
2: Brian. Welcome back to the show. I'm Brian Evans, CEO of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer
1: Evans CPAs. And in this segment, I'm going to call this the Trojan horse. (laughs) Right, Brian. If you've studied history a little bit, you know what's inside that Trojan horse. Here it is. It comes behind the walls of your place and all of a sudden it bursts open and all these things come out that you don't want to come out that could hurt you. Well, in this case, this Trojan horse is not necessarily something that's going to kill you. Well, for some people, I guess it could kill you. But it's something uh, whereby it could de-incentivize long-term investing. So Brian, why don't you fill in the details here and who's behind all this?
2: Yeah, it's Governor Jay Inslee is proposing yet again, a tax on capital gains in the state of Washington. Now, it's kind of where it starts with the eventual goal, which we'll talk about coming up what that is. But right now, income taxes are unconstitutional in the state of Washington. You need a two-thirds majority from everybody uh, elected only house and so forth that in the state to undo that and then you have to get a mandate of the people you got to have we got to vote for it too now it's been tried many 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 times it always fails and now they're, I think they've uh, gotten together in the back room saying, maybe we'll come at this in a different way and bypass the rules that have been laid out there hmm. and try and get this income tax in effect, starting with the capital gains tax.
1: Well, Brian, you made a good analogy here. If you look up at the sky and you see this bird flying there and it goes quack, quack, we've always known this as a duck. But are you saying that maybe Governor Inslee looks at that and goes, nope, that's, that's a cat? Yeah, that's cat, don't you know? And you know that three-sided thing, that
2: symbol? Uh, that's a circle. Now, if I can legislate that that's a circle and make you call it a circle, you gotta call it a circle, Jeff, because uh, you go to jail if you don't call it a circle and you don't follow the legislation. You no, know, that's a triangle. Nope, it's circle. So here, if we can call capital gains something other than, so there's a couple ways that they're looking to get this through. Calling capital gains something other than a tax on profits. Our income tax is not truly an income tax, it's a net income tax. Net income is what you end up with at the end of the day. And so net income, if you have a business and you do your tax turn and that business brought in a million dollars, but your costs were nine hundred thousand, you know, your inventory and payroll, you don't pay tax on the income of a million dollars. You pay tax on the net income of a hundred grand. If you have a bought a stock for a thousand dollars, you sold it for two thousand. You don't pay tax on two thousand, you pay tax on the one thousand dollar gain that you had. So all of our taxes are a net income tax, capital gains, a net income. It's the change in value from what you paid for it. And, uh, you know, real estate, same thing. It's what you paid for it, what you put into it to improve it is your cost basis. And then if you receive more and you sell it for, you know, you you put in 500 grand, you sell it for a million, but you have 100,000 closing costs. You know, you take your million minus 100, because you ended up with 900, you paid five, you have a $400,000 gain. These are all net profit, net income taxes. So to come out and call, no, that's an excise tax. No excise taxes on gross. So that's very different. V and o taxes on gross. These right. are different kinds of taxes, not on net. So no state... And the federal government, the IRS tax code, never has it ever been called a excise tax or any other tax other than a net income tax. It just happens that capital gains have very often been taxed at a different tax rate. So different things have different tax rates, but there's still taxes on profit.
1: Well, the governor claims that this type of tax isn't an income tax, as you said. But my question is, what does he know that the IRS and every other state across the country <laughs> doesn't know? Because when you look down here, I mean, I'm looking at a list of different states that don't have income taxes, Florida, Alaska, Nevada, Texas, Wyoming. I mean, they say no capital gains tax because Wyoming does not have an income tax. In Florida, there's currently no Florida income tax for individuals and therefore no Florida capital gains tax for individuals. Alaska, the same on down the line. So you're right. I mean, he's just calling it something different. I guess the biggest question I have, and I'm seeing some conflicting reports about this, I don't have all the information in front of me, but I'm seeing one report that says that the budget's balanced, billions in reserve, projected revenue growth of 7.2%. So the big question, I guess, is is why? Why does he say this is needed? well
2: that's pretty easy to answer to me because have you jeff ever met a rich person that thought they had that they didn't want more money i don't think so no even the kardashians could use a little more money you know what i'm saying they need more money (laughs) Kanye west needs more money yeah everybody needs more money everybody wants more money every politician wants more money uh not everyone but you know a lot of them they want more money there's only a couple ways you can get money, and the main reason for a politician to get more money, regardless of what the budget looks like or whether they need to balance it or, or make some tough choices, it's, it's sure always a lot easier just to have more money. And so the easiest way to be a politician and get what you want and make supposedly make people happy by doling things out and redistributing wealth is to raise taxes. And so that's the easy way out. So maybe you messed up with your unemployment benefits and you sent 300 million to Nigeria or whatever it was. And you go, huh, I'll just get that back by taxing somebody. Who can I tax here? Oh, let's go back to the well again and tax people that create jobs and invest long term. And so that's where they go. And we'll, we'll talk about this with different cities and what the effect of that is in a little bit here. But, you know, that is what, what I see going on. And there's a couple of ways that they're trying to do this. It is un- unconstitutional to have an income tax. So if, if we can't call that, that three-sided thing a circle, now there's another strategy that uh, may try to get imposed is to run it through the courts and have oh. the courts allow something and bypass the people and get that tax in. Now, I I read an article from the Kitsap Sun, and they quoted Senator Jamie Peterson, who said, the more important benefit of passing a capital gains tax on the legal side, from my perspective, the other side will challenge it as unconstitutional property tax. We'll make it possible if we succeed, so here's a goal, if we succeed, we, to enact a progressive income tax with a simple majority vote. So the Trojan horse here is the capital gains, bypassing the constitutionality or the agreement, the vote of the people, changing the rules so that they can get an income tax. That's the Trojan horse. Once there's an income tax, have you ever seen a a government balance their budget and have surplus after surplus and then then say, you know what, we're going to lower the tax? I've seen it happen in Alaska with a permanent fund. But that's the only place I've ever seen that where taxes actually got lowered because they didn't need all the tax revenue or think they needed it. It always goes up. So once we get our one, two, three, four, five percent income tax, it's just a matter of time before we're sixteen percent, like California. California is going to take their sixteen and jack that one up because they're not paying their bills. And again, we'll talk about that. But this is the Trojan horse that they're going to be able to bypass the laws and the people's the will of the people. And now I could see a situation where Washington could have the highest taxes in the, in the nation, wow. because we also have something called a B and O tax, business yes. and occupation tax, which is just notoriously unfair to businesses that don't have high profit margins and are just trying to make it. So uh, there's another tax I'd like to talk about.
1: Yeah, the B&O tax. And I have heard from some business owners who have said, you know, I'm tired of paying this B&O tax and I'm thinking about moving my business elsewhere. And that's something that I want to talk about here in the next segment is uh, uh, businesses and the effect that this will have on those and uh, taxation that you get from those businesses. But Governor Inslee is not necessarily stopping there. He has another new tax that he's proposing Which is an assessment on health insurers. Do you know anything about that one?
2: Well, yeah. I mean, again, it's just, oh, yeah, let's tax those nasty health insurers. Well, who do you think is going to pay that tax? Well, yeah. (laughs) You're going to get, they're going to raise the rates. Of course. Um, And everybody's going to raise them because their costs are up now. And so taxing us to buy health insurance that seems a little counterproductive to me. Most tax law is a, is a, a study in social engineering, uh, when you think about it. We want you to buy a house. Okay, let's make mortgage interest deductible and property taxes. We want you to donate to charities. Okay, let's make charities deductible. We want you to pay your estimated taxes on, payments on time or early. Okay, if you don't, let's penalize you. You know, the tax code is filled with social engineering. They want you to do something. So it kind of befuddles me when they want to make health insurance, which has been, you know, we got to give health insurance to everybody. So our answer is let's tax it, make it more expensive if you have it. It's just another form of redistribution of wealth and taxing investments Now capital gains I boy you got me started here jeff capital <laughs> gains very often is just a tax on inflation it's not even yeah. a gain yeah i mean you bought a, a little house 50 years ago for $5000 and then you sell it for you know down the road 50 years later you still have the same house it didn't get better you're just being taxed on the fact that money inflated over that time so depending on where that house is it might just be a tax on inflation. You go and you sell the house, you pay the tax, and you have less economic value than when you started, but you had to pay a tax.
1: That's interesting, Brian. I love it when you get started on these things because you do make a lot of sense here. And as you said, this is a sort of a Trojan horse. It's trying to be snuck in on us here and I don't know about this this is not something that's guaranteed at this point but I think we're heading in the wrong direction with this I think there's some illogical thinking going on there and as you said we don't have a state tax in Washington and there are a lot of people who are sitting here in Washington going well wait a minute now if uh, you know we get this sort of tax a state tax and you know, I've got some money and I've got a business and so forth, you begin to think a little bit about, well, gosh, do I really want to stay in the state of Washington? And, you know, really, what does that do to the entire economy? I want to continue to talk about this here in our next segment with you, Brian. But in the meantime, I once again want to remind people it's a new year. It's a new opportunity for you to get your finances and your portfolio in shape. And right now, Madrona Financial Services is offering a complimentary, no-obligation chance for you to do just that with a financial plan. Again, it's just a chance for you to kick the tires here at Madrona Financial Services and see if it's a good fit for you. And as I said, it doesn't cost you anything. It might take an hour of your time to fill out the forms and so forth. To get yours, call 844-MADRONA, 844-M-A-D-R-O-N-A. You can also request your plan online and find out more about the firm by going to the website. That would be madronafinancial.com. Hey, listen, growing your wealth, thank Thank you so much for joining us and happy new year to you we'll take a quick break be right back with more of our show
0: after this stay tuned for more growing your wealth with brian evans the show you can't afford to miss when you need something important done around the house you call a
2: professional why is it when it comes to retirement investments most people don't know what theirs is built on or even if it's right for them Find a better way at Madrona Financial Services and bring everything together. Call Madrona Financial Services today for your free retirement readiness review at 844-MADRONA. That's 844-MADRONA or visit them
0: online at madronafinancial.com. That's madronafinancial.com. Many people are experiencing unexpected job loss and find themselves in uncharted waters. From some of the largest employers in our area laying off employees to the smallest having to close their doors, This is impacting many of us and our neighbors. Losing a job is hard enough, but with the added stress of what to do with your 401k or other employer-sponsored plans, it can feel overwhelming. At Madrona Financial Services, we are here to help bring clarity, direction, and strategy to your financial world. Our staff of wealth managers and CPAs can answer your questions and provide the type of guidance these times require. You can start by scheduling a complimentary phone call or virtual meeting so we can discuss your personal situation and how we may be able to help. There are important financial considerations when it comes to certain employer-sponsored plans. We'll help explain your options so you can avoid any unnecessary penalties or taxes. Schedule your complimentary meeting today at 844-MADRONA or online at madronafinancial.com. Madronafinancial.com. That's M-A-D-R-O-N-A You can't build a house with just one tool and you can't plan for retirement without an integrated comprehensive strategy. If you want to get more information on the Madrona bundle of services, call Madrona Financial Services at 844-MADRONA or go to madronafinancial.com. Now, back to more of Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. Welcome back to the show. I'm Brian Evans, CEO of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer
2: Evans CPAs. In this segment, we're going to continue our discussion about the proposed capital gains tax in the state of Washington.
1: Now, Brian, if I'm a business owner and, you know, I'm doing business here in the state of Washington and, you know, I didn't much like that B&O tax, business and occupational tax, and all of a sudden now there is this other thing called capital gains tax coming my way and it's just, you know, more taxes. I might be thinking twice about doing business in the state of Washington. How do you think these taxes are going to affect business owners?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. I want to answer that. First, I want to define the business and occupation tax. Most okay. people don't know what that is. So the B&O tax, you know, people might say, oh, businesses don't even pay an income tax in this state. So they get a pass on everything. Well, it depends on what kind of business you have. So let's say that you're a small grocery store and you take in a million dollars a year and you spend on groceries and payroll 950000 a year. So you netted $50,000. Well, your B&O tax is not based on that $50,000 because we don't have an income tax, a net income tax in the state. It's based on the million. And so if you have a business that doesn't have a lot of net profit, then that tax becomes a huge percentage of, of your net profit. So uh, another example, let's say my business. If I gross, you know, six and a half million dollars this year, I'm gonna pay one point eight percent. That doesn't sound like that much, but you know, that's well into six figures. And it doesn't matter if I make a profit or not. So I could, you know, maybe we have a down year and, and my payroll's really high and, and I have all these expenses and, and rent and, and malpractice insurance and all these other things I have to pay money for. And let's say at the end of the year, my net profit was zero. I still got to pay six figures in this yeah. b tax. So what's my tax rate? Well, pretty infinite. Uh, what if I made $100,000? Well, I still got to pay more than that in b tax. So my tax rate's over 100% of my net income. What if I didn't have any expenses? Well, then my tax rate's only 1.8% of my net income. And so it's somewhere between 1.8% of your net income and infinity. And so there is a tax in this state equivalent to an income tax on businesses already. It's just an unfair tax because the grocery store pays a much, much higher percentage of theirs than the uh, you know, services person, like a physician or something like that, where their profit margin might be a lot higher. A consultant, I maybe mean, they don't have a lot of expenses. They work from home and they just don't have a lot of expenses. They pay a very low percentage of their profit. And so it is a regressive tax to businesses, but it is a substantial tax. I and mean, we're talking, you know, I'm I'm not a an enormous company, and I'm paying well into six figures annually to the state of Washington for the right to do business, regardless of whether I have any net profit or not. So I did want to define the B&O tax.
1: Well, if you're a big business like Amazon, uh, Google, that sort of thing, I would imagine that that B&O tax is quite substantial, isn't it?
2: Well, it is because they also have taken certain Businesses and almost every business state has a different tax BNO tax. It's social engineering again, but they've added surcharges. They bumped my rate 20%. Other companies, they bumped 60 or 100%. So not only do they have the tax in place, but they're saying, gee, that's not enough. And the six figures we're getting from you, Brian, um, and your companies, not enough. We need a 20% increase, even if you don't have an increase in your business. Wow you're not taking care of your budget. And now they're going to come out and say, now we need an income tax. So we might have a gross tax and a net tax. Now businesses, many of them moved to Washington because we're one of the few states that don't have a state corporate income tax. Mm -hmm. That's why we have businesses here. So I'm seeing what's happening in California that is jacking up their tax rates on these businesses. And they're just Businesses are just saying, "I'm done." Right. So ones like Tesla and uh, Oracle and Hewlett Packard and and uh, Coldwell Banker Real Estate, they're moving. They they all moved to to Texas. Right. Uh, their governor was quoted as saying it's it's a, a tidal wave. He says he's on the phone every day with CEOs from, from companies from California talking about moving to Texas because they're, they're just sick of it. So if we do pass an income tax here in the state of Washington, we might as well just post uh, signs at the border and say corporations not welcome here. We don't want <laughs> your business. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I'm going to invest in some moving vans uh, company stock <laughs> because companies are going to be moving. People are going to be moving uh, where those companies are going, which has been, you know, a lot of Texas, a lot of Florida, other income tax free states and that are more business friendly. So I see that income tax uh, just destroying the ability to attract businesses or even retain businesses in the state of Washington.
1: Yeah, earlier we talked about people moving to other states that they could uh, have a lower cost of living in because they can take their computer with them. Not only are the workers looking to move, but as you said, these businesses may be looking to move as well, too. So what's that going to do to the state of Washington? It seems like that this is going to come back to bite them in the behind after a while. I mean, what if Amazon gets the idea that, hey, we can operate in Texas a lot more cheaply or Google or any of these other companies?
2: Well, there's a couple things going on. I mean, in Seattle, Amazon has not uh, renewed a lease Mm -hmm. for a very long time because of the Seattle City Council. They absolutely refuse to renew any leases. They will not be in Seattle anymore. Their first step is to Bellevue. So if the governor's office wants to make Washington look more like Seattle, as far as uh, business friendly or not friendly, there would be a second move. They won't renew those leases. They'll go somewhere else. We're seeing this in New York. Uh, New York passed these taxes and, and they really want to go hammer the financial institutions. I know uh, Senator Warren was big on that. She just wanted to drill the banks as if they're going to stick around. <laughs> right. They're pretty smart. Bank of America, you know, that's New York. Oh, no, no, not anymore. That's Charlotte. I know that uh, West Palm, they they had to start a new office, a staff and office just for the influx of financial institutions. So the office of influx of financial institutions uh, from the (laughs) exodus from New York City, they're not going to stick around. They're they're getting sick of this uh, being the bad guys there. And they got to pay the state of New York income tax. They got to pay the uh, borough tax, the city tax. There'll be taxes on residents. There'll be wealth taxes. There'll be, you know they're sick of it and yeah. they aren't the bad guys and you know just because you have a business you're not a bad guy and so the tax base is going to move and so as these cities keep spending more and more money and they just will just up taxes who are you gonna tax all the people that were making money drove them out yeah. and I see that in New York you're gonna see that in San Francisco in Seattle all of these places where jobs have been going to now we're gonna see the Exodus uh, happen
1: Yeah, well, being a former resident of New York City and also uh, Los Angeles, Los Angeles County, I mean, in New York, you mentioned who are they going to tax? I mean there'd be nobody left but the rats. We'll tax the rats. There are more rats in New York than there are people, I've heard. Let's talk a little bit about uh, New York. I remember a story, this may have been a year or so, maybe even more than that, that didn't Amazon want to move some sort of warehouse or distribution center to New York? And they got, you know, no sooner did they decide to do that than New York came up with some taxes and Amazon pulled out.
2: Yeah, yeah. They were uh, certainly that was the famous victory celebration from AOC that she drove out those 30,000 high paying jobs and the, the capitalist swines from her district. <laughs> oh my goodness. How oh, short sighted can you be? Yeah. Um, what and, a tragedy. You know, this. it's interesting that I, I have a, a worker at my house that's from belarus and we've had some long discussions he's he's working on tile here and a super nice guy very interesting past, and he was telling me about the history of Belarus and, and the Nazi occupation followed by the Russians and how you'd get uh, thrown in the, the gulag, essentially, if they caught you with a Bible. So they oh. had to bury their Bibles and mm. and just the oppression that they had. And he loves this country, loves, loves, loves this country. And he was telling me that what he's seeing going on is exactly what happened there. They chip, chip, chip away until they have control and then you become socialist and then everything fails and you can't do anything. You can't, there's almost, even to this day in Belarus, there's almost no private industry. It's all government run. They say they have elections, but the same guy's been there for 40 years, a kind of a Putin situation. They have an election, but, you know, he always wins 90 percent. I doubt 90 percent of people are voting for oppression. So, you know, maybe Trump can go over there and complain <laughs> about that election. He'd have a better chance well, probably than than he's finding here in the courts here. But, boy, it's, it's just terrible over there. And he was saying he, he's seeing the exact same thing happen. And I'm like, wow, we need to hear more perspective from people that have lived through these socialist and communist regimes and and seeing how your rights are chipped away at, how government slowly, slowly takes over one thing after another, controls more, redistributes more, shuts down the entrepreneurial spirit of their country in exchange for control. And he's really worried about this country uh, with regards to that.
1: Yeah, that's funny. You should mention Belarus, the uh, girl who fit my glasses at the optometrist had the accent, asked her where she was from, and she said Belarus. So now it makes sense. She says she really loves living in America. We're talking with Brian Evans of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs. We're talking about the proposed tax that Governor Inslee wants to implement here on capital gains and also on health insurers. If you would like to talk about tax minimization in your financial plan, your portfolio, of course, uh, Madrona Financial Services partners with Bauer Evans CPAs here under one roof to work on tax minimization strategies. One of the few financial firms that really understands taxes and how they go hand in hand with your portfolio. If you would like a no cost, no obligation financial plan, call 844-MADRONA, 844-M-A-D-R-O-N-A. Of course, the website, madronafinancial.com. You can request it from there by emailing us from Madrona to financial.com. You're listening to Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. We'll take another break. Be right back with more of our show
0: after this. Discussing the financial issues that matter most to you. We'll be right back with more Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. Time for today's edition of Growing Your Wealth, presented by Madrona Financial. Here's Brian Evans.
2: I'm often asked about the outlook of real estate post-COVID and if that's changing what we're advising. And honestly, not that much because even pre-COVID, as I was looking at different commercial real estate areas, it was a common thought that, gee, we don't want to buy shopping centers and we're worried about office buildings because more and more people are starting to work from home. Now, post-COVID, you know, now we're just looking at that going, well, we really don't want to buy shopping centers and we really don't necessarily want to build a new office building and invest in that because it really pushed that forward much quicker than I or probably most of the country thought it would happen, that conversion to where we're doing more online shopping or working from home. I I have tons of clients that a year ago would never ever consider having a meeting online and now they're, oh, I've done three Zoom meetings today. I've talked to my grandkids, talked to my financial advisor, talked to my doctor. You know, they're very comfortable with that. So we're seeing people get into the technology and changes the demographics on that. And so, you know, as we look at the different areas of real estate, some continue to do well post-COVID. You think of self-storage and generally speaking, industrial park type properties. Now hotels have been under a lot of pressure, but they may bounce back once we get the vaccine out there and so forth. Residential real estate's done quite well too. So there's a lot of areas that have done, but I think it's almost a continuation of what we saw pre-COVID to what we might expect in the post-COVID world.
0: And that was Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans, Madrona Financial, investments, retirement, taxes, and legacy, madronafinancial.com. Get your free copy of Brian's
1: latest book, The Complete Book of Retirement. It covers everything from the basics of retirement planning to passive real estate investing. Arm yourself with information and take control of your retirement. Call Madrona Financial Services today at 844-MADRONA for your free copy or visit madronafinancial.com.
0: Welcome back to the show. I'm Brian Evans, CEO of Madrona Financial
2: Services and Bauer Evans CPAs. And in this segment, we're going to be talking about gifting and legacy planning.
1: And Brian, this time of the year, you know, it's always a good idea. I think at least once a year to take a look at your will, your trust, just make sure that you're going to be leaving your money to the people that you want to leave it to. And of course, we, our generation, I mean, we were talking off the air there a little bit. We were joking that, you know, we sort of sucked the economy I don't know that we really did that, but, you know, we've driven up the taxation and so forth, and for our heirs, it may be a little bit different. So let's talk about some gifting and legacy strategies insofar as tax minimization goes. So where do we start with all this? I would imagine first is just take a look at your will and your trust and make sure that it's up to date.
2: Yeah, you know, the discussion we were having is certainly when I entered the workforce, or was a young person, I wasn't staring at a nearly $30 trillion hole that was going to be handed to me in the federal debt. Uh, it was more like $50 billion. I remember Reagan saying that number and it was too big. Well, those days are gone. So yeah, we we made it so that our, our kids and grandkids are going to have a much tougher time making it in this world than we had financially. The social security increases won't be there. The debt will have to, you know, taxes going to be much higher. Uh, housing prices are so much higher as a percentage of what people can make and, and than they were when, when we were young. So I'm looking at this, and certainly many of my clients, that's why I wanted to talk about this, many of my clients are going, yeah, it'd be nice if you know people made it on their own, I made it on my own. Well, you had an advantage. <laughs> you were making it on your own in the 70s, 80s, 90s, whatever. They're going to have a tougher time. So people are wondering, well, how can I do some legacy gifting maybe now? maybe for the future. What are some of the options I can have to make it so that my kids aren't out on the streets someday and, and that I've, I've left a, a real legacy of a better life for them knowing it's going to be much tougher on them than it was for
1: me. Brian, we were talking off the air a little bit about George Clooney gifting his friends $14 million. I mean, $1 million for each of the 14 people who let him sleep on their couch and he gave it to them in cash. Is, now, not that I'm suggesting that people give their friends a million dollars each, but <laughs> in a way, is that a strategy that we could use? I mean, should we be thinking about gifting our heirs now while the taxation rate is low and when they might be able to use the money as opposed to however long we live and we finally meet our maker?
2: Yeah, there's a lot of different ways you can gift. And some of the different things to look at is, maybe it's college education. Okay, that can be a great gift. Maybe it's down payment on the first house. It could just be a cash gift to make somebody's life a little bit better now as opposed to waiting until you pass away and your kids are retired already. They could have used that maybe when they were raising their kids and not struggled as much and had more time with it. You know, there's a lot of benefits to gifting something now. You can gift the younger generation retirement cash flow in the form of tax-free fixed index universal life policy payments to them maybe from age 60 to age 80, something of that. That's a great gift. I wrote that Kiplinger article recently on the greatest gifting strategy of our era, talking about that. So yeah, there are a lot of different ways to give, to make a difference in a younger person's life, whether it's now or later. Also, I did want to hear a little bit more about, you mentioned uh, the Clooneys on a personal note. Uh, right. Maybe you could tell me a little bit more about that.
1: Yeah, we were talking about, and I always forget his name, George Clooney. I would say, well, that's Nick's son. I, they're lovely, lovely people. Let me just say that. Nick comes from some very, very lovely people. I come from the greater Cincinnati area. And as a kid, Nick was an anchorman on WKRC-TV channel 12 in Cincinnati. So I knew Nick. And Nina, lovely woman, Nina was executive producer of a show called, I think it might have been Evening Magazine here in Seattle, but it was Pia Magazine in Cincinnati. And Nina gave me my first start in television by auditioning me and giving me a tape and so forth. And they're just lovely people and you know Nick grew up as a as you know he was just Nick and Nina's kid he grew up as a working kid he picked tobacco for three dollars an hour over northern Kentucky we got a lot of that there and sold women's shoes
2: you're calling you're calling George Nick
1: uh, um, see (laughs) that's what I'm saying is I don't I don't remember George's name he's just Nick and Nina's son (laughs) Nick is generous he didn't make anything like George did but George is very generous with his money and George had a good idea there in gifting cash while his friends could use that cash. I remember gifting strategies when you could give cash away and at the time I remember that it was like $15,000 you could give away to each child before there was any tax on that. What is it today?
2: Well, that's, I'm glad you brought that up because a lot of people think they're going to pay taxes. They give more than fifteen thousand dollars, but that's not the case. You can give up to uh, over eleven million dollars and not pay any tax. It's taxable, but your tax rate is zero on the first eleven plus million dollars, and so that's something people don't really know. So they're like, "Oh, really? Uh, okay. So I can give a hundred thousand? Yeah, you can give as much as you want, pretty much. Now, Bill Gates can't give his kids a hundred million without paying the tax, but he can give them up to eleven million and not pay the tax, or, or and then some. Now that's going to be cut in half. According to Biden's proposals, we'll see what happens there. But you can gift much higher amounts and you can strategize them in many different ways. Sure, you can gift uh, upon your passing or you can gift over time upon your passing where it would go into a trust. And that's essentially an inheritance. But uh, again, gifting, uh, whether it's a, a monthly cash flow and retirement tax free through the form of a fixed index universal life policy, gifting the down payment, of the tuition. You can also do this with charities. You can gift uh, appreciated stock. If you're over age 70 and a half, you can gift your IRA for required minimum distributions and not pay the tax on that either. You can gift income from something that's an annuity kind of situation where you don't need the income. You gift that and then upon your passing the principal goes to your kids or you can do the opposite of that you can put something in your will where you're getting the income and then when you pass The principle goes to the charity. So there are so many different ways that you can gift that people aren't even aware of. I I know this because I'm having conversations with very intelligent folks that just don't know the nuances of gift rules, what they can do, how they can do it. The common theme often is that I want to give money to my kids or grandkids, but I don't want it to be in the form of cash. And so there are so many techniques out there to protect themselves from themselves. If I, you know, maybe if I gave my 16 year old a bunch of money, he might buy a lot of really cool stuff on Amazon, I <laughs> doubt he'd buy himself uh tax-free retirement no. or the down payment on a
1: house. I seriously doubt that too. I, they're very good boys, but you know, boys will be boys. They're going <laughs> to yeah. buy things that are depreciating assets. They're going to buy, you know, cars and things like that. Very rarely are there children they give money to and they go, well, I think I'm going to invest this into an annuity. However, there's <laughs> that, there was that one child, that one boy who was, uh, I think he was in the running or maybe he did get the job for mowing your grass or something like that, Wanted to know if you offered a 401k.
2: Yeah, he was cutting uh, firewood. Oh, okay, firewood. There you go. <laughs> he was 12. Uh, boy, you're gonna make it. <laughs> he, and he was smart because he had free help. It was his dad. Oh. His Dad was driving the pickup truck, so he was he was smart about his payroll costs. Even so, his net profit margin was high. Hopefully, he didn't make enough to where he had to pay the B and O tax and file yeah. that tax return. But we'll see on that. But yeah, he reminded yeah. me of uh, somebody used to go to a swap meet with his dad every. Yeah. And I wanted a candy bar one year. You know that story and didn't yeah. have any at the concession stand. So The next year I brought 400 of them and sold them until they <laughs> shut me down. And then they started selling candy bars at the concession stand. No
1: yeah, I was going to say, I can't help but think that that kid was just a young you out there too, you know, thinking about yep. the future. Wonder where that boy is today. We know where you are today. And the few minutes that we have left here in the program, uh, Brian, I want to talk about legacy too. I mean, when you think about your legacy, it's more than just the money that you made in your lifetime. There is an opportunity for you to create a legacy that will live beyond you and benefit people.
2: Yeah, there's a lot of ways that uh, you know. Part of retirement planning is is what you're going to do in retirement. And I always like to make a point to point out some of the opportunities are the whether it's a board of directors or advisory councils to charitable organizations, maybe starting a scholarship fund. I had the opportunity to help. You know, be the first person at WSU uh, uh, Advisory Council in Everett to start a scholarship fund there. And so, you know, I'm going to get to see the fruits of that while I'm around. I'm going to see, you know, maybe not personally, but I'll probably hear stories about that, about how it's helped different kids continue their college education or or find the resources they needed to survive uh, during that tough time. There's so many ways that you can see the fruits of your, your gifting now, again, with your kids and grandkids in different ways that you find important And sometimes it can be, yeah, beyond your years. You can set up, uh, even with a charity, you could set up a donor advised fund or you can have a restricted gift for a certain purpose. You can set an endowment gift that gives an amount annually. They're just unlimited. If you can think it, you can do it through proper estate planning in your will or living trust or proper planning now. So I'm working with a lot of clients right now on on multi-generational gifting. People that have made more than they can ever spend are thinking about that now and setting things in place for their grandkids, for their kids. Sometimes they have kids that are doing fine and they'll, they'll do a generation skipping gift to right. the grandkids. Sometimes the next generation isn't doing as well and they want to have a more current gift or something to benefit them. So all the planning around that, we got all the tools to help out with that. So if you're thinking about that, uh, you know, know that we could be a resource uh, for a lot of you.
1: Ryan, this has been a fantastic show, a great way to start the beginning of the year here. We've talked about the Trojan horse tax that Governor Inslee trying to sneak by us here. Yeah. A little bit about George Clooney's past and the fact that I confuse him with Nick all the time. And, of course, about <laughs> gifting and legacy thank you so much for putting up with us today. We really do appreciate it. And Brian, we're close in on 300 shows and we couldn't do that without our loyal listeners. For Brian Evans, I'm Jeff Shade. Thanks for your time today. Happy New Year to you. And be sure to join us again next week for another edition of Growing Your Wealth. Have a great weekend.
0: The news of the day sounds bleak. Schools are canceled. Travel plans have been canceled. Sports are canceled. But good news, your retirement has not been canceled. At Madrona Financial Services, we are focused on the big picture and don't engage in fear-based decision-making. We know this too shall pass, and the future will hold tremendous opportunity. But you need to make sure your nest egg is safe from market volatility today because you don't get a second chance at retirement. If you're unsure about the safety of your retirement income or your exposure to market volatility, you must take action today. Start by registering for our complimentary webinar, Keep Calm and Retire On. Available now by registering at madronafinancial.com. We'll explain what's happening in the financial world and discuss strategies you can put in place to help your portfolio weather this storm. Don't make decisions based on fear and misinformation. It's time to be confident in your financial team and retirement strategy. Register for our complimentary webinar, Keep Calm and Retire On, available now at madronafinancial.com. That's M A D R O N A financial.com. 2020 has come to an end, and the passing of another year means we get to start fresh and reevaluate our goals as we enter into 2021. Take a moment to reflect back on what mattered most in the past year. It could have been your health, your friends, and most likely, your family. Let the start to 2021 be a call to action to ensure that you have a solid estate and legacy plan in place for your family. Call 844 Madrona to get more information on creating a plan to fit your loved one's needs. At Madrona Financial Services, they believe in creating comprehensive written plans designed to help ensure you never outlive your money and that your plan also reflects the wishes you have for your family. And to make it easy, Madrona Financial Services offers complimentary virtual no obligation meetings where they'll take the time to discuss your unique goals and financial situation. Leave this past year behind and enter a new one with the confidence that your loved one's future is secure. Call Madrona Financial Services today at 844-MADRONA or visit them online at madronafinancial.com. That's madronafinancial.com.